<laughs> Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Welcome or welcome back to BNB Anime. I am Blue. That is Brad. Today, we are discussing, I feel like, probably the epitome of an isekai. Pretty much. Like, I'm not going to lie. I have watched a lot of isekais mm. in my time, and this is about as stereotypical of an isekai as you can get however at the same time it's a play on isekai like it's so dumb mm -hmm. and yet at the same time i had a ball yeah with it. yeah no i'm with you i'm with you so we are discussing officially trapped in a dating sim the world of otome games is tough for mobs and i agree it's kind of somewhere halfway between like a full-on parody and a legit isekai yeah, like, it definitely falls into the isekai genre, mm. but it it feels like a parody. Yeah. It's now, definitely not... a parody of harems. Definitely. And it's so strange, too, because it's set in a world to where, like, Homie kind of has his own, like, harem building around him, but at the same time, women have all the power. Mm-hmm. In this world. So it's a very interesting dynamic to see brought into an anime, especially with, like I said, the power dynamic being shifted. And I'm all for girl power in an anime. So seeing that kind of portrayed here with like how the whole over overarching hierarchy, that's a whole lot of archy nonsense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just to say... I enjoyed this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I I enjoyed it as well. I'm excited to get into properly discussing things because I am here to argue today that this anime has the best setup for a thruple that I have ever seen in anime. Oh? I argue that our two main female leads and our main male lead would make the best relationship altogether. I mean, I'm totally okay with that. Yeah. Like, this is definitely one of those times to where I know we've kind of joked about this kind of thing mm. before whenever we're, like, talking about, like, ships and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I'm totally okay with that for this one. I just think the setup, like, I feel like, because you know how some, like, we joke about that a lot, but I genuinely feel like that would be an interesting storyline to go with in this anime, especially considering how it's kind of lighthearted, jokey, it has that flirtatious element throughout all of it, and it's based in a dating simulator game where, yes. yeah, the main female character is supposed to choose from all of these male characters, right? So... I, I just think that the, the two ladies have a really good relationship with each other, and I would ship... Like, if, if it's not a thruple, I'm shipping those two together. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I genuinely think that our main male lead as well fits into their dynamic so well, and I could genuinely see the three of them being together. Uh, I, I definitely feel like Leon is definitely the voice of reason. Yeah. Out of the bunch, more so than the rest, although the character that he portrays, because... It's very interesting to see how he acts because he's very much like, quote unquote, playing a character because mm -hmm. you see glimpses of who he actually is. But then he goes full on yeah. <laughs> like antagonist. Mode. Yeah. And so I, I definitely love the dynamic between mm -hmm. all three because all three of them <laughs> like all possess something that the others don't. Mm -hmm. So it's a fantastic dynamic that you don't get out of a lot of shows especially for something that i shit you not whenever spring started i was ready to write this off as trash isekai mm -hmm. but then the more i watched it week to week i was like oh okay i'm actually enjoying this and then by the time it was all said and done i was like okay this is one of the shows that I enjoyed most out of the season whenever I was watching like 17 different fucking things. Yeah, it's very memorable. And it's it's one of the things that I enjoy kind of most about it is that the world building makes zero sense. So that means that they can do anything that they want. And the way that they've played it off is really clever because they've done it. They've set this in a world of a dating tip. So for those of you who have no idea what we're going on about, um, Main character is Leon. He was in our world um, and was tasked by his younger sister to play this dating sim for her so that he could get all of the different princes to fall in love and, and you know, whatever with her character so that then she would have the complete unlocked version of the game. 
And so um, she kind of blackmails him into doing it and he does it. He completes the game. Then he gets isekai into the dating simulator world. This world, though, has been played off as being like a trashy video game, like just really cheaply well like good quality made but like the storyline doesn't make any sense because the whole point of it is just to fall in love with whichever prince that you want and swoon all over them right so like, or the, all five of them exactly like it's a true harem dating scene. exactly yeah <laughs> so the the they've played it off from the very beginning of the writing of the video game makes no sense and nothing in it makes sense like there's a a strangely large amount of like like battle scenes and as like you know like they couldn't decide on which genre this dating simulator was gonna be and they yeah, like they had gundam fights yeah they had like speed bike racing yeah they, but there's also I, like like final oh, fantasy style magic and like floating islands being what everything exists on medieval and mecha aesthetic simultaneously and sci-fi like all thrown in <laughs> to one and because that's established from the very beginning of the very first episode, when things happen that just don't make sense within the isekai, it makes complete sense. Yes, it's the only way they could have possibly shoehorned everything in <laughs> yeah. to this all at one point. But it's such a believable excuse. <laughs> it is. Like, I, oh my goodness, it. It's such a different take yeah. on a genre, and yet at the same time, they did everything <laughs> very well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. It's dumb, and it's a lot of fun. So I think before we even get into our proper discussion, we haven't even spoken about what we've been up to, but we before we get into the proper discussion on all of this, I think Brad and I could both recommend, it's a load of fun. Watch it. Yeah, go Go check it out, then come back to this, or, you know, finish this, and then go check it out. Just skip all the spoilery bits, because we will get there yes, eventually. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't have any trigger warnings other than the usual, these are teenage characters that have been sexualized. I That's standard across all media, so, you know, <laughs> it's what it is. It's rated a PG-13, which isn't bad. That fits. Yeah. Yeah, that fits. Yeah, I feel like that's fine. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Yeah. So, what have you done this week besides work? Because I know you have been a very busy, busy bee I for have. the past week. Yeah, so a couple of my coworkers have... I've just gotten actually another text from my boss being like, can you cover more on Tuesday? Because um, a couple of my coworkers have had COVID positive tests. Oh, you too? Yeah, so... My girlfriend's out with it. A couple people in our friend group are out with yeah. it. The other like main media person at church was out with it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's been like I I feel almost alone at this point. Everything has been thrown for a loop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it's spiking up here in Canada as well a little bit. Make sure you guys go get your boosters. Um, yeah. Uh, other than that, it's been disastrously hot. Um, I know you're going to laugh at me for that, but this is Canada. No, no, I, I get it. Like, at this point, I can't throw shade yeah. anymore because you're not used to heat. And also, I know the UK is also getting absolutely fucking yeah. slaughtered. Yeah, well, right all of Europe. With heat. Yeah. 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 Um, most of Europe's on fire, which is fun. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's the same It's the same thing here in Canada as kind of what's happening in Europe, except that we're, like, un, other than the forest fires, because Canada has a lot in place to, like, a lot of infrastructure in place to help with forest fires, because, like, we're very used to them. We get a lot happening in, in BC and Alberta and stuff, and quite often you'll hear about Canadian firefighters going down to help in, like, California and stuff. Like, that's quite a common occurrence, like, that American and Canadian firefighters help with each other's fires when needed we're on the same continent it makes sense you know <laughs> mm -hmm. um europe though has no infrastructure to deal with forest fires so you're looking at the news broadcasts of these and uh if you're american north american you're probably looking at like the acres that are burning and you're thinking oh it's not that bad but you have to consider first of all how compact europe is so those acres aren't like it's not like you know 10 acres or 100 acres or whatever in a 10,000 acre area it's 10 acres or 100 acres or whatever in a 200 acre area 
you know? Yeah. Like Whenever almost the entire majority of Europe, an entire continent, can fit inside of Texas, yeah, like, that's putting it into perspective a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, four Englands can fit in Alberta alone, like the one province. So when those acres, they take up a lot. You also have to remember that the population of Europe and of um, America like are very similar we have very even though the space is so compact um like i think there's like 30 uh th- I, I, let me double check this i know there's like nearly 40 million people in canada okay so there's 50 nearly 56 million people live in england less than that live in canada right so yeah. so when we're talking about you know people being displaced it's a small area but thousands of people are being displaced because of it Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then also you have to remember that the vast majority of homes in Europe, especially in the north of Europe, do not come equipped with air conditioning, and mm-hmm. a lot of those buildings are also historically protected because they are hundreds of years old and have survived like multiple world wars. You know, so like they're very, very historically protected, which means that you are not allowed to install air conditioning or fan systems, or cooled flooring, or whatever you can think of, you cannot physically put them into the buildings because those buildings are only able to have renovations done to them that were that are done in the exact same process that the original building was done because that building is considered, like, museum-worthy, right? Mm. So, um, yeah, people, people can't, aff- like, either they can't afford to add air conditioning into their houses they're not allowed to put air conditioning into their houses they don't have room to put air conditioning into their houses or like it's like it's just not a thing you don't have it in europe like like 16 degrees in england is considered a nice warm sunny day you know yeah like so um so this is this is unfathomable heat and it's and I'm kind of feeling it here up in Canada as well. It's it's nowhere near as bad as that. But like I don't have AC in my building. A lot of people don't have AC in their building. It doesn't come as standard here in Canada either. Because of course it's Canada. We need heating. And that's the thing as well, is a lot of these European buildings, along with Canadian buildings, are built as really good insulators to trap in as much warmth as possible because they're designed for winter, not summer. Yeah. So yeah. Um, basically what I'm saying is we're all dying of heat. We're all very uncomfortable. We're all sticky and gross and drink lots of water. Stay in the shade as much as possible. Remember your sunscreen. If you need blackout curtains are a must. Blackout curtains are a must. Yeah. Sometimes outside is cooler than inside and you don't realize it. So check outside and see what temperature is outside because you might be like, oh my God, I'm dying. So I need to shut all my windows and stuff, but you'll be surprised what a breeze can do. Not only that, but open multiple windows. Yeah. Create airflow. Yeah. Like, don't just open one because that's still going to cause heat to stagnate. Mm-hmm. If you open two doors and or two windows that can actually circulate air through, yeah. that nice breeze will help a lot. That's coming from a southerner who's used to 100 plus degree heat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, don't be afraid to go find a cafe and buy a three dollar lemonade or something and sit in the cafe for a couple of hours in the air conditioning because you just like throughout the heat of the day because you're dying like that's okay too yeah cool off whatever whatever you gotta do to cool off cool off go go buy a bag of ice dump it in your bathtub and go sit yeah not last long but it'll yeah like it'll it'll definitely help like anything you can do to cool off do it like don't put anything past yourselves at this point Mm -hmm. because heat is very very bad things like if you have rugs on the floor but you have hardwood flooring or tile flooring or something put the rugs away Mm -hmm. roll them up put them away that'll help yeah Try and get as much fabric away from your house as possible because, like, tapestries, people forget. Tapestries, they look at them and they think, oh, my God, they're so pretty. I like them in the castles and stuff. The reason why they were there was not because they were pretty. That was a bonus. They were there because they kept heat in the castle. Mm-hmm. So carpets keep you hot. Get rid of them. Pretty much. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's our PSA. We do the science thing. We do do the science thing. <laughs> yeah, like I've been seeing that like um light bulb heat index become a huge thing now. Like that's what most meteorologists are talking about, I feel like. 
Well, I think a lot of people are slowly switching to LED because they don't get as hot. They last longer, and although they're more cost expensive up front, they are a lot more cost effective in the long run. Mm-hmm. So if you're considering switching to LED, now's the time. Mm-hmm. Because they don't get as hot, and also they last forever. I realize bulbs are expensive as fuck, but those bulbs will probably outlast you. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, yeah, that's me. What about you? Uh, watching a lot of anime. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the girlfriend's got COVID, so she's she's trapped in a town over. She's trapped in a dating sim. Pretty much. <laughs> if only I could get her to watch anime, she might actually understand that joke. <laughs> But yeah, so I've been using my spare time watching a lot of trash anime that's airing week to week mm-hmm. currently, but also I started a long running series. Mm-hmm. I started Hunter Hunter. Oh, okay. How far have you gotten? Uh, I am to episode 10 now, mm-hmm. so I'm kind of slowly working my way through it. Mm-hmm. So I have recently been introduced to a partner Twitch streamer by the name of Reckless. Dude is awesome. He's been awesome to get to know. And I'm actually going to be interviewing him on his stream Tuesday for an episode of Anime Island. Yay! So that's going to be coming out in a few weeks. So if you're looking forward to something, look forward to that because that's actually going to be really cool. But he does a every weekday throughout the week, he does a different anime at night to watch so after streams over we'll all sit in we'll watch stuff we're watching aot demon slayer um and then hunter hunter was one of them as well so i was like cool i'll sit down and watch it just to give it a go because i've never seen it Mm -hmm. so i've been watching it not gonna lie it's been fun like i enjoyed the couple episodes that i watched so i was like i'll give it a watch yeah so started from the very beginning and now i'm here and so far i'm having a good time yeah it's good i got to the giant ant arc mm-hmm. um i got i probably mostly all the way through that arc and then i actually wonder if i have my exact episode number did i put it in the dropped category i did <gasps> don't kill me uh no i don't have the exact episode number recorded that's annoying you're go making enemies out. of everybody that's listening to this i probably made enemies considering i said that i just started it but <laughs> it's okay better late than never to jump on the band i'm gonna <laughs> move it from dropped to stalled because i have been meaning to get back to it uh-huh. i think i just, just like you put it in dropped that you're meaning I know, but I think that's the thing is, I think that's why it ended up being in dropped is because I'd had it installed for so long that Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm just going to move it over to dropped. Um, But I don't actually have much of my stalled uh, thing right now. So category, folder, file, thing. So it's now installed. I will, I will try and get back to it. There you go. So yeah, that's been, that's been a thing that I've gotten into and um, also... I'm ready to set fire to a friendship really quick, if I may do that. Oh, okay. So, we have a producer on this podcast that is a big fan of a certain show. Mm, Okay, I know where you're going with this. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I told you that I was ready to set fire to that friendship Mm -hmm. after having watched a recreation. So, our producer is a big fan of a certain show called Tokyo Mew Mew. The original airing is... Very, like, 90s to early 2000s, like, the art style fits it, like, the humor and everything fits it. And honestly, watching through that, I had a great time with it. Yeah. So, they recently decided to remake it. Mm-hmm. And I have been watching the remake up to this point, and I hate it. Oh, Dem's a fight I genu- I genuinely hate it. Oh no, why? Like, it feels like they retook the original show, remade it, like just, they barely updated the graphics, okay? We're in 2022. We have Makoto Shinkai making absolute masterpieces to where you can confuse animation with realism. Mm-hmm. And they're remaking it from scratch, like retelling the same story, just remaking it. So they have blueprints of what they can do and build from. Mm -hmm. They've barely updated the visuals. It literally feels like they're taking the same story, but like putting it on fast forward through episodes. Oh. Everything just, I I don't like it. I'm not having a good time with it at all. Oh no. I want to drop it, but I feel like I can't because at this point I've made it. A bit to where I watch all the stuff airing week to week. Mm-hmm. 
but it is not good at all. I'm I I genuinely hate it. Oh no. <laughs> it it belongs in the bin. Like it's it, it's going in the trash. Okay. My my deepest condolences, but for for that show, it's going in the trash. Okay. So yeah, there there's my hot take as far as what I'm watching week to week. Yeah. I know I'm probably going to catch a lot of flack from that, not just from him, but from a lot of people. Well, I'm very curious because remakes tend to be either huge hits or misses. And well, especially Fruits Basket took the world over yeah. with its remake. Like everybody adored it. And typically I get it. Like a lot of it is a lot of it is nostalgia so people mm. have nostalgic feelings for it so they kind of let that take over mm-hmm. with a lot of things so i feel like remakes never really get a fair shot but as somebody who didn't have nostalgia for tokyo Mew Mew, but went into it and really enjoyed mm-hmm. the original because i think i started watching it like six months to a year ago mm-hmm. So it's still really fresh in my mind and then going into the remake and seeing what they're doing with it you know what it feels like what it feels like Sailor Moon versus Sailor Moon Crystal. Oh, okay. I'm with you. It's that kind of shit. Yeah. yeah. To put it in perspective, it's redone to that level of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, there's my there's my hot take. But Chainsaw Man, I'm enjoying the manga for that. They're airing chapters of that weekly, and I'm having a great time. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Glad to hear it. So that's good. Overlord's good. I'm enjoying The Devil's a Part-Timer more and more week to week. Mm -hmm. I'm getting used to the new animation style, so I'm actually enjoying it Mm -hmm. a lot. It's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. So there's there's a lot of good anime going on right now that I'm having a blast with. And then there's also, there's a lot of garbage. Yeah. The summer season in general feels like a lot of garbage. Like it really feels like a placeholder going into winter because of all the massive titles that we have coming. Yeah, I always feel, I feel like for the past few years, since we started the podcast, really, our summer season has just kind of been where we've discussed what happened in spring and then um, tried things. Like, summer is kind of where we experiment with, like, random shit. Except for this go around, like, I feel like I haven't been able to do that because the spring lineup was so good. Agreed. I felt like... We're on catch-up well, mode. Yeah, like, the past... I think five seasons or so have just been packed with so much good shit, or at least from fall of last year, mm-hmm. have just been packed with so much good shit. I find it hard to sit down and schedule these episodes because there's so much that I want us to sit down and watch. And that's why typically the first month after a new season finishes, like I'm making sure that we cover the biggest shows mm-hmm. because those are the ones that I enjoyed the most of. Mm-hmm. But come fall, there's very little that I think I want to cover from this season. Yeah, which will be good, though, because that'll mean that we'll be able to go back and do some of the ones that we've missed. Yeah, yeah, that that's very true. How, but with also saying that, I will say I recently restarted an anime that I said was garbage and I dropped, mm-hmm. and I don't hate it as much. Oh? So do you remember, I think, back whenever we first started this or shortly after we first started this, I ran across a show called Rent-A-Girlfriend, and I dropped it because it was hot garbage. I do! Yeah, I remember. Yeah. So, we started a Discord movie night last night, myself and a few friends, and this is fine. And while we were doing that, we, of course, introduced a friend of mine to Love is War, that got him introduced to that and got him enjoying that. And then we were like, all right, do you want to watch some trash? And he was like, Sure. And he's not big on subbed anime because reading, which I kind of get Mm -hmm. to an extent. So I was like, all right, let's start Rent-A-Girlfriend because it's trash. And in my brain, I was like, all right, I can disassociate while we watch this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we put on the dub and not going to lie, I laughed quite a bit. Huh. Like, for some reason, I feel like the dub is much more tolerable. I don't know if it's just because whenever I'm watching dubbed anime, like, the podcast brain kind of shuts off. Yeah. And I feel like I'm just able to kind of watch what I'm watching in face value rather than just shitting on it. Mm -hmm. But realistically, the dub is better than the sub for that show, and I don't hate it. Yeah. Interesting. I, I still cringe a lot because that show is ugh, it shows a lot of fucking cringe, but it's funny at least. 
I feel like you were discussing that around the time of us doing The Devil is a Part-Timer, but I don't know. I think it was relatively early on, because I want to say the first season aired, like, shortly after I came back to Cleveland. Hmm. Like, something along those lines, so I'm not sure. I know I started watching it week to week, and I was kind of tickled with it at first, but the longer the show went on, the more it just became more and more cringe. Yeah. That OP's a bop, though. That OP is great. Yeah. But yeah, so that's that's kind of my other thing of, like, I don't know. Maybe it's just brain going, okay, dub mean I don't have to hate as much. And then I just kind of just kind of enjoyed. So that's kind of an update on how podcast brain works, I guess. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. You know what podcast brain did enjoy, though? What? Dating sim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's dive into this because I'm, I'm excited yeah. to talk. Yeah, I figured that would just kind of make an easy segue yeah, back into it. fantastic segue. 10 out of 10. <laughs> All right, so Trapped in a Dating Sim is a comedy, sci-fi, isekai, all of that kind of stuff. I I think it also classifies as a rom-com, even though it's not so much rom as it is a whole lot more calm. (laughs) Yeah, I have uh, isekai mecha reincarnation school as the themes here on my anime list. Yeah, and then Wikipedia has it listed as comedy isekai science fiction which i guess are like the true quote-unquote genres Mm. for it and then like mecha and all of those are like sub classes yeah yeah so the the genre is fantasy and those others with themes as it's listed Mm. on uh, yeah my anime list and so the series is based off of a novel and light novel series by yomu mishima Mm mm-hmm the light novel began publication in May of 2018 and is running to present for 10 volumes. The manga is a shonen, which surprises me because mm. I don't I I feel like this doesn't necessarily classify in the shonen category, but at the same time kind of, I don't know. I don't know where else you would put it though. I could see it being like a seinen or something along those lines. Like, I feel like it belongs more in like the slice of life eat sections yeah. rather than like a true shonen. Yeah. Like, even though it's fantasy, I don't think it just slaps the shonen button. I think it fits both. I think it's a real middle ground. I feel like there's elements of it that's very like casual, just school life, like. Um, relationship dynamics, embarrassing, coming-of-age, teenage vibes, you know? But then there's also this whole other side of it of, like, it's a battle arc game vibe, you know? Yeah, I don't know. It's strange. It kind of goes across a lot of demographics. Yeah. But the manga ran, or is still running, it began publication in October of 2018 and is running to present for a total of eight volumes, Mm -hmm. which I guess at this point ensures that we're going to get a second season at the very least. I would love a second season. I definitely want a second season. Oh, most definitely. And they kind of set it up for a second season too. So I'm going to look forward to that. And then the anime was directed by Kazuya Miura and Shinichi Fukumoto. Mm -hmm. It had its original run from April 3rd of 2022 to June 19th of 2022 for a total of 12 episodes, and the studio that made it was Studio NG. Yeah. Yeah, so it's Japanese Japanese name, forgive me for this, I'm going to try my best, is Otome Game Sekai wa Mob Ni Kibishi Sekai Desu. Um, and it is rated PG-13, as I mentioned earlier. It scores a 7.37 out of 10 on my anime list, or a 3.86 out of 5 on Anime Planet, or a 7.72 out of 10. Um, so about a 7.5 on average between the two, from just quick visual maths. His uh, drop rate is a 4.66%, which is good. That's a good drop rate. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I almost consider that around standard, like anywhere between like three to five. Mm-hmm. I pretty much consider standard, especially on something that's this relatively new. Agreed. Agreed. But it is good for like the demographic that it's suited for. Yeah, I think isekai as a genre is held to such high standards these days because it's such a saturated genre. Um, and especially I would even consider comedy isekais 
to be held to an even higher standard because of things like Konosuba, which have um, kind of created their own separate genre within a genre. Um, And so Trapped in a Dating Sim had a very tough time coming out in 2022 as an anime. I feel like the dating sim aspect of it is the only thing that kept it afloat in such a saturated genre because that's very trendy right now the um relationship dynamic uh like like the the way that they've done this is uh, trash dating reminds me um my dress up darling and a couple of other animes that have been really popular that aren't coming to brain right now um that are like um they're that that awkward teen romance comedy vibe aspect which you were going on about about how it it kind of feels like a slice of life vibe that's so trendy right now that it's bringing up the isekai which is kind of not as trendy and making it trendy again Mm -hmm. yeah definitely um i think that that drop rate would have probably been a lot higher had it not had that same like like sweet kind of awkward romance element to it we wouldn't have seen yet the score is high i feel like it always left enough at the end of every episode Mm -hmm. to where it just made you want to come back for more agreed agreed because as someone who watched this week to week and didn't drop it at any point like there was always something to where i was like oh yeah i need to go back and watch this Mm mm-hmm just because I had to know what was going to happen next, and also I wanted a really good laugh out of it, because that's what the show produced. Like, the comedy was, I was pretty much giggling about the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's some really good, um, interesting plot points throughout that we'll discuss more after the the spoiler warning is on. But there's some really, like, little sneaky things that you're like, uh-huh, maybe that's how that works. And then it's kind of confirmed, but never is fully confirmed. Um, throughout mm. we also have some some very uh easy to hate characters which i feel like aids a show fantastically well not necessarily complete villains just characters that are just fucking annoying um yes. and then we do have some proper villains in there as well but our main yeah like yeah we've got some proper i, I don't want to say that because i think that would spoil but um funnily enough i got wise man's grandchild vibes from this which if you don't know is the very first anime that we covered here on this show and i feel like this is what wise man's grandchild was trying to be i can 100 percent see that yeah. because i feel like this kind of took the ball and ran with what wise man's grandchild dropped mm-hmm. so i i definitely want to take another look at wise man's grandchild just to i guess re-watch it because i literally only watched it for the podcast yeah. and that was it yeah yeah so honestly we should do that sometime we soon should. we need to revisit that and just see what if any our thoughts have changed on it mm-hmm. but this definitely this show raised the bar for that type of isekai without a doubt mm-hmm. not my favorite isekai But holy shit, I laughed my ass off. Yeah, and I also like the way that they did our overpowered main character. Yes, Um, because it seemed like he was overpowered with brain power, but he's also not that smart. He just played a video game to the point to where he had everything memorized. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I actually really like that when they, when he was isekai'd, he was into like a young, younger kid's body. And it's like he had lost his memory, yeah. too. But then it, like, came back to him one day, and he's like, son of a bitch! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I like the way that they did this. So let's check those spoiler hats. Spo- chicken hat. What am I talking about? Spoiler chicken Thank hats. you. Let's put those on. <laughs> because I want to get into detail. Yeah, let's, let's just go ahead and get into the story bits. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I kind of want to just jump straight into theories. Do you have theories? Uh, what do you mean by theories? Well, I think it's kind of a confirmed theory that both brother and sister are in here. Uh, that would be my guess out of the bunch. Yeah. To So to put the overarching plot point just to the forefront, because then we can kind of get mm. to bits that we really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So, so our homie, Leon, was 
a working man. However, he was out for Golden Week or something like that. He had a week off from work, and his sister was like, hey, fuck you. I'm going to go to the beach. You beat this or else. Mm -hmm. So he's like, okay, fine. So he literally spends a week pretty much nonstop playing this game. Beats it, gets 100%, gets the ending where the protagonist gets with all five of the princes in the land. The main antagonist gets shipped off to some backwood country island thing. Mm -hmm. And he's like, okay, I'm done. Oh, shit. I haven't eaten in like a week. I'm going to go to the store. Yeah. Homie gets isekai'd, not by truck coon, but no stair coon. Yes. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious. And, you know, I, I've, I've been there, I've done it. You know when you haven't eaten breakfast and then you go have a really hot shower and then you get out of the shower and you're like, oh, now I have to sit on the ground because everything's gone white. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, been there, done that. Uh, bought the t-shirt. It was not a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> Did you look at the comments on that first episode? No. Everybody was just like, oh, Truck Coon must be on vacation because Stair Coon got Truck Coon one. got his sister. Yeah, like it's he was a golden. People week. were also explaining like a lot of the origins of Isekai, and apparently Staircoon almost has a higher kill count <gasps> than fucking Truckcoon. Interesting, they have a rivalry. Yeah, like it. Like it we was an outright anime. discussion. We need an anime the on the rivalry between Truckcoon and Staircoon. I'm here for yes. it. Why not? Yep. What's What's the worst that could happen? I mean, lots of lots of Isekai death, but you know. Yeah. So, Homie gets brought into the fantasy world, and he is a mob character. And so he's like, all right, I'm not going to in interfere too much. Like, everything's just going to be fine. I'm going to go to the academy. Mm -hmm. And Homegirl, that's over the island that he was on, is like, mm, no, you're like the fifth son of the family. So I can understand, like, sending the first or second child. But you're the fifth child, mm -hmm. so no. And he's like, all right, fuck you. I'm going to make sure that I can go. So homie goes off, uses his knowledge of the game, mm -hmm. and literally finds a pay-to-play item that he bought in the game yeah. to beat it and get the ending that he wanted. He found it and got it, and that becomes our familiar for the show of Luxion. Mm -hmm. And homie is best boy. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> 10 out of 10. But yeah, or best robot, however you want to look at it. Mm -hmm. So while he's out adventuring and he got his pay-to-play item, he also amassed untold riches, brought them back, set it down in front of the bitch, and was like, hey, so listen, I got all this. I'm going to the Academy now. And she's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he was, he was granted a barony. He was given all the things that he wanted. And then he goes to the Academy where things are not what they seemed. Yeah. So this is quite interesting to me because society isn't a matriarchal society. It's still a patriarchal society. Like there's a king that is the overall ruler and stuff. But the way that the, the Academy is set is that the men that are there are trying to gain themselves a wife of standing because that elevates their social status and gives them the better life. So, which is interesting. Um, well, it's also like, even though the king and the queen in this society are on like equal standings, unlike in other shows where the king has the big throne and the mm. queen has the little throne, the king and the queen had equal thrones and it's made to appear like the queen is actually the ruler like she's the one who makes all the decisions so it's very much like a reverse hierarchy of like girl power yeah in this world from yeah i mean from what i what we saw there wasn't a whole lot of like ruling that we saw specifically happen we actually didn't really get to know the king at all throughout the entire season so i don't know how much uh like leverage like i don't know i don't really know the dynamics what i do know though is that yeah so it's a, it's a, these it's set up so that these young lads are trying to gain themselves wives while at school and the girls are trying to gain themselves husbands as well but they both of them want the better social standing um uh, and they want to to kind of like marry up you know both sexes genders so the men are being taught in these etiquette classes to host like tea parties and things like that as a way to network and uh, hopefully snag themselves a bride. Um, but the girls have huge crushes on the five main protagonists of the video game. Um, one being the prince 
and then there's like a master swordsman uh a master magician uh, or mage uh a um meathead what does he do other than just be a meathead i mean i literally look at him as like a D tank sure okay yeah or you know what he is what? he's the male version of darkness yeah yeah just not as much of a masochist sure yeah he's we have a brute he could just be a brute and one more that i can't remember the smart one the smart one yeah so we have a swordsman we have brad we have an, another one another one and the prince Basically, you literally have a flavor of the week with each of these characters because he literally starts calling them by their hair color and it humors me to no end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, all the girls are obsessed with those five gents and don't even care about anybody else. But if they if they are to care about anybody else, the people that they would care about would be high-ranking nobles, which Leon at this point isn't. Um yeah, so that's kind of the, the dynamic of the world. Um, except that everything goes wrong because there is another isekai involved. Yes, there is another player brought into the world that decides to throw the entire game balance upside down. And this is what Blue and I were discussing before. Mm-hmm. So you've got Leon who goes in and he's like, all right, I'm going to do everything I can to just kind of ensure that the game's things kind of play out the way that they need to be. I'm going to be a mob character and just go on about my life. Mm -hmm. Other bitch shows up and she's like, all right, I'm going to take all of the princes for myself. I'm going to go through all of their things. And then our transfer student, who is Olivia, who is a cinnamon roll. Mm Mm-hmm. Will not have her opportunity to do it. And also, fuck Angela as well, because, no, these are my men. The Everybody else can fuck off. Yes. Yeah. So I really liked how they turned, how they really, really humanized Angie and gave her, like, justification. Like, I, because I agree, you know, she's been betrothed to this prince since she was a babe. And has gone through so many years of etiquette training to being the perfect wife for him. Like, she has fully, like, been plonked into a system where she has to, like, like be his, like, I don't know, servant in a way, in a lot of ways, and birth his babies whenever he requests it. Like, it's a very old-fashioned perspective, especially considering that a lot of this is, like, power in the lady's hands, but this aspect of it was very much like she was brought up, like, literally going through maid training just so that she could be a good wife to him, you know? Yeah, because outside of the royal family, the Redgraves, which is Angie's family, is the second highest ranking nobles in the kingdom outside of the royal family. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, what's the best way to bring our two kingdoms together than by prearranged marriage? Exactly. Yeah. And she, bless her cotton socks, um, had decided to look on the bright side of everything and had fallen in love with him along the process and, and had actually tried her best to, to make it work. Like she genuinely wanted to make it work. Um, and in the original game, she then becomes the villain because um, the prince wants to fall in love with you, the player, and um, and therefore she's left with nothing and then the game ends with her being sad and miserable, which is sad and it's horrible. But like the way the game is set is that she does all of these horrible things. As it's playing out in the anime, though, you're realizing that she's not actually instigating a lot of these things and it's that she has like these minion follower people who are just following her because of her rank who are doing things on her behalf and she's taking the blame for them because she's a noble and believes that like she should take the blame for her people right um and so yeah big sad anyway so now we have a cinnamon roll and angie (laughs) i'm just gonna call it now you've labeled her that i'm like yes she is cinnamon roll um (laughs) so we've got a cinnamon roll we have angie um and and both of them like cinema role is supposed to be the the you the player um and and angie's supposed to be the villain now they're besties and i love them and i ship them big time yes um and i have grounds too like they were feeling up on each other and complimenting each other and hugging each other and they slept in the same bed together like yeah hot spring episode was adorable yeah 
like I like there is grounds for a ship there. It's not just me saying that I ship these two best friends. Like no, there's legit grounds. Yes. Um, and yeah, so Olivia and her are like they're good now. Um, main character, no evil younger sister. The whole point, the dynamic. We believe that the young tiny person. <laughs> The evil person who has slotted herself into Olivia Cinnamon Roll's place is Leon's younger sister who got him to play the game in the first place. And yet neither of them seem to realize who's who and who's done what mm-hmm. in this entire thing. Although they both realize that they're actual PCs. Yeah. Like they both have the realization that neither of them are NPCs and they're actual player characters. And yet... They can't piece together who's who, and for some reason, it's never, like, outright thrown at either one of them that they know what they are. Yeah, well, they and they've both had those moments of, well, of being like, she behaves exactly like my sister. Like, they have those moments. Yeah, like, like oh, this person reminds me of my sister, yeah. or, like, it, God, he pisses me off like my brother. Like, it's those things. Yeah, um, and so that's kind of where we're left at with the hints. Um, it's just them, like, very not subtly being like, they remind me of my sibling. Um, and so I think we all know that that's the direction it's going in. I don't think it's a very, um, like, intelligent theory for us to have. Like, I think that's what they want no, us to think. Uh, yeah. Honestly, I could see the finale of season two being a standoff between the two of them. Yeah. Like a true and proper standoff. Yeah. Because why not? Yeah. I feel like it's headed that way. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Um, anyway, from that point, shit hits the fan, basically. <laughs> we have pirates, but they're like airship pirates. We have um, mecha wars. We have a, a battle arena with mecha fights that he just kills the five princes just very easily. Yeah, the Gelato Five get the floor absolutely wiped yep. by Leon. Mm-hmm. Leon also wins a speed bike race, thanks to Luxian. Yeah. He also destroys Sky Pirates with Luxian. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he kind of becomes sort of like homies with Brad and Redhead. Uh, he, he kind of forced himself to become homies with them, because he's like, all right, so listen, I'm going to do all of these things, but I don't want credit for these things, so I'm going to blame them on you. Mm-hmm. That way you guys get back in good graces with your families, so that way I can, you know, stop getting attention put on me because I'm supposed to be a mob character. And then he still ends up getting higher and higher ranked amongst the families. Yeah. Homie has the queen falling in love with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> which is one of it's one of my favorite bits out of the whole show. It was so good uh, to see the prince like so pissed off. Yeah, like it's still like the whole thing of don't you fucking hit on my mom. <laughs> it's 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 legit, and I love that it's on a game that's about like a, a video game because it's the epitome of fuck your mom. Literally, it's so good. Like, oh my god, I loved it so much. Genuinely one of my favorite bits out of the the whole show. Yeah, it's very funny. Um, But yeah, Sky Pirates, you've got a, uh, would Monstrous be the proper word? Yeah, like a flute-playing summoner. Yeah, and so she controls monsters, and then also, uh, fucking, is it the Black Knight? Yeah, and don't forget Stash. Yeah, oh, (laughs) Stash is... Well, he is no longer stashed. He's unstashed. Leon decided to ruin his life by having Luxian just remove his mustache and goatee. Permanently. <laughs> and then Luxian also uses their giant airship that we don't actually see because it's in the sky, rain down a hellfire of lasers to destroy the fucking monsters. Mm-hmm. And then Leon destroys the Black Knight, and everybody is happy he's able to actually rekindle his friendship with cinnamon roll and angie Mm -hmm. and everything is hunky-dory in the end everything is fine and then he gets granted super high honors in the academy in front of everybody by the kingdom Mm -hmm. and he hates his life and it's great we're having a great time yeah and livia also gives him a proper confession of love and uh angie is still like being 
uh, shy about her affections, but it's clear that they're there. So this she's is, assumed to right. Yeah, this is why I'm still for the thruple. Oh, one hundred percent. Because you have a cinnamon roll, you have a sadist, and then you have a tsundere, yeah. and it's all wonderful. Yeah, I think they are the it's, perfect it's every... dynamic. Oh, one hundred percent. Like it's great. I love it so much. Yeah, I want the three of them. I ship the three of them very, very intensely. Yes, like this. This is one harem that I'm okay with, and if you want to throw the queen into, I'm all right with it. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Like I can. <laughs> <laughs> I argue though that it's not a harem. I think it's just a throuple because harem to me means that the like harem or reverse harem, whichever way you have it, it means that the people that are multiple of the same gender they're not romantically involved with each other. But I think that they would all three be romantically involved with all three of them. I mean, and again, I'm totally okay with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So, question: most annoying character because there are several. Oh God, the blonde bitch with the rings yeah. that I can't think of her name. Um, that bitch, Samantha. <laughs> Was it Samantha? Uh, I feel like it was Samantha. God, I have no clue. All I know is, is I hated her guts with a passion. She's a horrible person. Agreed. I also... Was um, it Erica? Erica? Is it Erica? She's not on the character list. She's that hated. Oh, there she is. No, Stephanie. She's Stephanie. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. I was no, close I, with Samantha. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. She's horrible. Hated her. Thinks she's mean. She's mean for being mean's sake. I am up there, though, with... I just think the prince is so, so mean. He's so unbelievably mean. And 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 Jill, because, well, both of them, just, like, they have... Because, like, the others of the five princes, the other three, it seems like they had arranged marriages that they were unaware of or, like, have just happened very recently and they've only met their partners, like, once or twice, you know? So if they break off an engagement, it's not meaningful, right? I will beg to disagree for one sole reason. Okay. And hear me out on sure. this. And it's the same reason that the world building is so shitty, mm-hmm. because there isn't any. It is a video game that is being played out. All of the correct responses were used throughout the entire thing to ensure that the prince and the other four out of the Gelato Five decided that they were going to fall out of love with their betrothed, soon-to-be spouses Mm -hmm. to fall in love with Short Bitch. Yeah. And so it's because Short Bitch used all the things that Olivia was supposed to use. So I think regardless of any involvement, what was going to happen was going to happen. I... So therefore, although they are assholes for doing what they did, I think it is one of those true predetermined manners Mm -hmm. of this was going to happen anyway. No, I agree with that. And I'm not saying that they're not allowed to break up with people. What I am saying, though, is that the way they did it and how they treated their ex-partners, specifically the two that had childhood connections with their partners, because both the prince and Jilk had, like, they grew up with their intendeds. To them, sending a letter to break up your engagement and then when she's clearly upset about it, completely dismissing her feelings and being very rude to her, I'm sorry. But I'd still, I think that that is, again, game programming. I, no, that's just so being I, a I dick. So I think that's how it's, that, again, I get it. Just, just hear me Fine. out. <laughs> so that's how they were written to be. And it takes Leon's involvement for them to actually, because they do start to change and they do kind of start to see the error of their mm-hmm. ways. They're still head over heels for short pitch. So regardless, they're like, they're not going to break up with them and try to go back to their original spouse. No, I wouldn't want them to. But Leon is slowly causing change in them to where I feel like before it's all said and done, short bitch is going to be kicked to the curb by the time the series ends anyway yeah i mean the prince i kind of give him a little bit more leeway because he's thick as pig shit he is so unbelievably stupid they're all thick as pig shit yeah but he's especially like so. so dumb i mean jilk is like to be honest him and jilk would be a shit considering how how far jilk has already found himself in the prince's pants to just like yes your majesty you are making the best decisions right now like that whole bit whenever they're trying to figure out a way to sneak out of the oh, castle the disguise is- <laughs> 
<laughs> and they had to request funds. Mm-hmm. And literally, they were like, can we get cloaks and masks for entertainment? And the queen was just like, the fuck is wrong with him? It's her realization. I was crying. It's her realization of, my son is fucking stupid. <laughs> And Jilk was right there with him. He's like, yes, this, this is, is the greatest thing the I have idea. ever heard. Honestly, they're, they're meant for each other, those two. Um, oh, 100%. Um, like, like, so, yeah, but, like, they're dumb. They're so dumb. It's so dumb, but, God, it's they're himbos. so stupid. Ugh, fucking, I love this show. Yeah. It is garbage, but I love the show. It's, that's probably my favorite joke of the entire show, though. Is is the queen looking at her son and being like, "You're dumb. You're fucking dumb." Yes. Like you, you wanted, you wanted cloaks and masks for entertainment, but you ordered nothing else. And you think I'm not gonna be like, no. Because they were on house arrest. Yeah. So what else would they want cloaks and masks for? And it's like, uh, it's. What's your favorite food? My favorite food is the the skewers that are found in the village. This one random chick took me to, and now I love her. Like, dude, I know they say that the way to a man's heart is through his stomach, but like, seriously. <laughs> God, it's great. I fucking love it. Yeah. Also, OP is a bop. OP is a bop. <clears throat> ED is stereotypical for an isekai. Like, literally the first thing I thought whenever I heard the ED was like, okay, this fits. Mm-hmm. The OP had no right to be that fucking yeah, good. Yeah, OP was dumb good. Dynamic between Leon and his robot familiar, Luxion, is fantastic. They bully each other. It's great. I also love whenever Leon punches Luxion. <laughs> it's just like, I'd hit you again, but my hand hurts. Yep. Yep. It's so dumb. And yet it's... God, oh, it's such a fantastic relationship all the way around. We nearly forgot about T-Sensei. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you you know what I thought the second I laid eyes on that man? What? Take a wild guess. Oh, I have no idea. What? Elegant. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Did you get the same vibes? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> they would be best friends. Oh, 100%. That would probably be the best tea party anybody could be invited to. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so brilliant that we got both of those characters in the same fucking anime season. Yeah. Like, it was the best timing all the way around. Yeah, 100% agree. God. <laughs> I love how he's the only one that can contain Leon, that can contain Leon when he's... Um... When he's lost his shit, he's going on a rampage. Literally the only one. Like, dude was going on an absolute rampage, punching people, like, disrupting his fucking school festival booth in front of the queen. But T-Sensei gets brought in, and he's immediately on his hands and knees. I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's another one of my favorite bits. It is so good. love Mm -hmm. T-Sensei. Yeah, uh, there's so many really good... Bits in this, I don't even want to necessarily call them jokes because they're like entire scenes of of a bit that are just really good, and they're reoccurring mm-hmm. bits too. Like it's always really good callbacks mm-hmm. to where it truly is a bit, yeah, and it's not just moments, yeah. So if you haven't gathered at this point, regardless of how many times we've told you, go watch it. Yeah, 10 out of 10, go watch. Genuinely, really, really, really good fun. Um, You'll have a blast. Like, you get to shut your brain off and just watch and enjoy. I I really want to watch the dub just to see how much I can disassociate with Mm -hmm. it and see if I'll have just as good of a time with it. Because again, at this point, like I said prior, my brain is learning to enjoy stuff more when it's dubbed yeah. instead of just immediately wanting to shit all over mm-hmm. it. So who who could say? But I, I'm very curious to see how much I enjoy the dub yeah. with it. So I'm going to have to give that a try. Yeah. And one thing I did want to say is that I really enjoy the way that they did the animation um, in this. Because you know how with Bubble... One of my complaints was the fact that the animation was so beautiful at times that it was actually distracting to watch. In this, they have to add that element of beauty to certain characters because they're in a romance dating sim and they always have those sparkly, you know, um, fan 
art style vibes, you know? Oh my God. Whenever they have those stills yeah. of them talking and like having those bits, I'm like, they, the director of this show did a brilliant fucking job. Mm-hmm. They knew what they were doing 100%. with this. Yeah. So they, they pulled in that element of the, the romance anime, like the romance sim fan art, art style, but they did it in a way to where it isn't distracting from the storyline. If you notice it, it's like, oh my god, that's so cool. If you don't notice it, then great. You're not disrupted from your storyline. It's not done in a way that's so obvious that it pulls you out of the storyline, no matter whether or not you were immersed or what, you know? Well, there are a couple moments, like any time Booba is involved, Mm. (laughs) that to where I'm like, okay, that's a little bit overdone because they decide to make them a little bit over animated and over shiny. Mm -hmm. To where I'm like, hmm. But it's not like it's not enough to just completely take you out of the moment. But as somebody who pays attention to the animation from start to Mm -hmm. finish, just like that's a little bit much. Mm -hmm. Like you're playing into the fan service there. But it's so few and far between, like, I don't hate it. No. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I kind of write it, excuse me, I kind of write it off these days as just being, like, a thing that's part of shows, you know? But I, I feel like if it becomes distracting. Yeah, agreed. Then it deserves then. to be called agreed. on it. Agreed. And so this was, it wasn't as tasteful as Food Wars does theirs, but it was still done tastefully to where it didn't just pull you out of it, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, it's hard to, I mean, it, it's hard, like, it. it's one of those things of, like, it's just a complicated scenario. <laughs> like, I don't think there's really a way to do it appropriately, considering you are dealing with characters that aren't of age. But, you know, but, like, it's, like, I, I don't know. It, there's so many feelings around that subject that I just get overwhelmed you know yeah 100 mm-hmm. percent. i get it um but yeah uh the voice acting i thought was was good i think i don't think there's any characters that i would swap out their voices for i think everybody fit like leon played his part wonderfully mm-hmm. olivia or cinnamon mm-hmm. roll since i don't think we've actually called her by her no. real name the entire time yeah. She fit her role well. I think Angie did as best as she could with what she was given. Yeah. Like I, I feel like the character never really truly showed any emotion other than like slight agitation or anger. Yeah, except so we never really got yeah, much out of the it. The part where she, where Olivia fell, I think, is probably the the kind of the most emotion. Or like whenever anyone was being angry to Olivia, the fight that she had between her and Stephanie, T- Stephanie. Um, I feel like we got a little bit of emotion there. I would have liked to have seen more of that um, and more consequences from that because that was kind of thrown out there and then nothing really happened from it. And I would like to have seen more. Um, yeah. Marie, I feel like, was justifyingly annoying. Like, there are times where I'm like, okay, I'm pissed off at her and your voice is grating on my nerves. But she's a, not a nice character, so that's reasonable. Luxian has a male voice, but the, the robot was described as being genderless. That makes sense, though, to me, because they would have had somebody record, like, that's how robots' voices work, is that somebody mm. records the voice and then they program it. So um, that makes sense. Yeah, I feel like everyone else, the, yeah, if they're an annoying character, I feel like they have a justifyingly annoying voice. Like, that's they did well at picking annoying voices for annoying characters. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of it. So what do you rate it? Uh, I'm putting it at a solid seven for dumb entertainment. I could put it at an eight. Yeah. Just because the amount that I laughed, I feel like warrants an uh-huh. eight. Because, I, like I said, I was pretty much giggling the entire time. So I had a great time with it. Like, it is not perfect by any sense, and the story was lacking in some ways, but at the same time, I had a blast. And if I have an actual blast watching something, then I feel like an eight is kind of my bare minimum mm-hmm. with it, unless there's just something glaring, like there's a glaring problem with it that I just can't get past. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like an eight kind of fits. Yeah. And that's right on track of where we normally score, because we kind of score like me slightly below, you slightly above the general score to where we make it about average. Yeah, yeah, we, we pretty much fall right on yeah, the average whenever it comes to um, it. Yeah, I, I, it's definitely not, you know, cinema or whatever. Like, it's just fun. 
and dumb and you'll have a blast watch it with friends it's a great time you'll have fun so that 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 everything yeah cool all right we have socials where you can find us blue has her etsy shop at what was that Uh, it's blue lavender craft yeah, yeah, so go on Etsy and go look that up. She also has Twitter and Instagram at Blue Lavender STM. Mm-hmm. I have an Instagram at Brad Carter Gaming, or or if you want to get in touch with either of us at the same time, then we have B and B Anime on all of the things. Yeah. We got a Facebook page that nobody ever updates. <laughs> We've got an Instagram and a Twitter that sometimes gets updated. At this point, I feel like I just use the Twitter to me yep. <laughs> most of the time. Mm-hmm. And then we have a handy-dandy website, www.bnbanime.com, where you can check out all of our prior episodes, friends of the podcast, and a whole lot of shit. Also, YouTube. Mm -hmm. Our YouTube's kind of got a little bit of a glow up now that I've taken over responsibilities for making YouTube videos and thumbnails. Mm -hmm. So, for one, we finally have thumbnails again, and starting with Dr. Stone Ryusei from last week, and then with this episode as well, which, by the way, if you're listening to this on YouTube, you're a week behind to catch up on Spotify and all the other mm-hmm. things. But yeah, we got a new video format that I went in and made myself, so I am very proud of yeah. it. Yeah! <laughs> I'm proud of it, too. It looks great. Oh, thanks. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. But so, with all of the plugs out of the way, what do we have next week? Uh, next week on the schedule, we have the flower we saw that day, which was recommended by, uh, the twins. And that anime is commonly known by Anohana. hmm And I hope you're ready to cry. Yeah. Because I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Next week's going to be rough, mate. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't watched Anohana since I watched it the first time. And I'm not ready to rewatch it, but I'm going oh, to. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, we're we're in for a fun time next week. However, we've got more rom-com coming to you after that, so stay tuned. Yeah, yeah, after that we should have Shikidori, Mori's, uh, not just a QC. Yeah. So we got fun stuff coming up. So, again, thank y'all so much for listening. Blue and I greatly appreciate it, and we'll catch y'all next time. Bye-bye. Bye.